Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Plastic Pumpkins by Discordant Words on AO3. Rating Tina Up. There is a grinning jack o' lantern upstairs in the bullpen, half filled with miniature snicker bars. It is the only visible concession to the season. Federal agents are not, as a general rule, known for their decorating a plum. Because none of the agents upstairs are inclined to deck out their offices with giant spider webs or ghosts or skeletons, and because Mulder is, at heart, the type of person who enjoys bucking tradition just to get a reaction, Scully is uncertain as to what to expect as she clicks down the hall towards the office basement. She is mildly tensed, expecting at the very least some sort of loud, startling noise or flapping bat or even Mulder himself rising out of a coffin behind his desk in stage makeup and gleaming vampire fangs. But the office looks normal, drab even. If one ignores the blurry photos pinned to the walls, not a ghosty or beastie or witch in sight, not even candy corn. She feels an odd furl of disappointment even as the tension bleeds from her shoulders. She shouldn't feel disappointed. She is alarmingly easy to startle, always has been. And while she enjoys a good fright as well as the next person, she should be pleased that it doesn't come at the expense of her professional reputation. Morning, Mulder says from behind her, and damn it, she does jump, even as she turns to see him moving past with a cup of coffee, dressed in a perfectly ordinary gray suit. He gives her an odd, considering look as he goes to sit behind his desk. It's Halloween, she says, crossing her arms. He nods slowly, studying her face. He is still sussing her out, she thinks, and she him. Were you expecting me to arrive in costume? He asks finally. Perhaps draped in a bedsheet? The ghost of spooky Mulder forever roaming the halls of the Hoover building. She shakes her head instantly defensive, even if that is exactly along the line she had been thinking. No, it's just... He tilts his head, leans back in his chair, waits for her to continue. It seems like it would be your kind of holiday, she finishes lamely, waving her hands towards the pictures on the wall. Aliens and Sasquatches and unexplained things that go bump in the night. Sasquatch, Mulder corrects. Most reports only reference one creature. Oh, of course, my mistake, she says. The boys upstairs are talking about a serial case where the guy carves his victim's faces up to look like jack-o'-lanterns, he offers, with a bit of a shit-eating grin. I could pull some strings, see if I can get us on board. She grimaces. No, thank you. Then I'm afraid you're out of luck. Unless you want to investigate the missing candy in Section Chief Blevins' office... Rumor has it his secretary is really pissed off. No haunted houses to stake out? Graveyards? She prods him gently, because there can't be nothing. This is Mulder. He makes a face. That's a bit of a cliche, isn't it, Scully? Of course, Mulder doesn't like Halloween. The world expects someone like Mulder to like Halloween. He's not playing the rebel by festering the offices with gravestones and ghosts, with black cats and plastic pumpkins. He's playing against type by not doing so. Years from now, he will say something derisive about trick-or-treaters, and she will roll over in bed to swat his bare chest and tell him, you're full of crap, Mulder. I know you've already bought the candy. 
because he'll have hidden it in the hallway closet behind the trench coat he no longer has cause to wear, and because she knows he is secretly pleased by every pint-sized goblin and superhero that dares to darken their door. But that is years away, and she has no reason to know that now. For now, she is simply surprised, and then unsurprised, and files this bit of information away in the ever-evolving dossier she is starting to form on Fox Mulder. They spent an uneventful hour doing paperwork, and though she does wonder at the turn her life has taken recently, that writing up a case about a vengeful, sentient computer program can be considered uneventful. There are no surprises and no scares, and nothing even approaching what she expected Halloween Day and the X-Files division to entail. At half-past ten, she stands and stretches, vertebrae yielding satisfying pops. I need a cup of coffee, she tells Mulder, who looks completely absorbed in a magazine article about werewolves. She almost asks him what kind of magazine purports to publish serious articles about werewolves, and then decides that she'd rather not know. She bypasses the oft-neglected coffee pot nearest their office, and instead goes back upstairs to the well-lit and bustling bullpen. Oh, hey, Greg from accounting smiles at her as she stands stirring in the milk and sugar. You're still with us. That's good. His voice drops to a conspiratorial whisper. Seen anything spooky yet? She gives him a smile, takes a sip of coffee to avoid answering as she makes her exit. There's an agent showing off pictures of his kids in their costumes, and she pauses to admire their grinning, made-up faces. It triggers a sudden nostalgia in her for days long past. Trudging up and down streets, clinging onto Bill's hand, listening to his mostly good-natured complaints while her mother looked on fondly from a distance. Her thoughts turn to Mulder, and she thinks it must have been much the same. He, the perpetually complaining big brother, leading his costume and adoring kid sister through the neighborhood in search of candy. It occurs to her, as it often does at odd times, how many things that are cause for joy in other people must bring him small sorrows. All those holidays and birthdays and missed moments. The people that surround them, they see the weirdness, the glib humor, the aliens, the uncomfortable ways he has of getting inside someone's head and fretting out the truly dark. The picture of the grinning little girl on his desk is a monument to that weirdness. Samantha Mulder, abducted by aliens, but is also very much a symbol of deep sadness, unhealed wounds. The thought is a somber one, a sobering one, and leaves her feeling a bit chagrined at her own reaction to the lack of seasonal accoutrement earlier in the day. She takes an extra handful of candy out of the plastic pumpkin on her way back downstairs, a small peace offering for an offense she did not commit out loud. Mulder is shrugging into his coat when she steps back into their office, and she feels the slight quickening in her pulse that always comes with a new case. Something come in? He gives her a crooked smile, waves a file folder in her direction. Victim by the name of Regina Grossman, her remains were discovered in the front yard of her home. Neighborhoods thought it was part of a Halloween decoration and only called it in after a few days when it began to smell. Coroner's report says she's been dead for about three days. She wrinkles her nose, accepts the file. Lovely, and certainly befitting of the season, I'll give you that. But where's the X-file? Mulder grins, then really grins, brushing past her through the door and calls over his shoulder. Because according to all available records, Regina Grossman died six years ago. She cocks her head, considering for a moment. Then she smiles, a small private smile that he does not see, and follows him down the hall. 
She leaves the candies on his desk. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>